Okay. I'm recording. I'm recording too. Oh my goodness. Imagine so, that. <laughs> oh man. It's like we've done Welcome, this guys. 44 times. Welcome <laughs> wingers. <laughs> Welcome to Wing and the West Wing podcast. My name is Andrea. I'm Sally. And we are here to talk about the West Wing. Specifically. Yes, that's the plan. Season season three with the episode Stirred. Yeah. Stirred. So feel free to drink a cocktail during this one. Unless That'd be you're fun. <laughs> oh, we should come up with like a West Wing cocktail to go with our potluck. Oh yeah, we should definitely do that. Or a drinking game for the I'm sure that there's a West Wing drinking game. Oh, have you not seen the the Christmas one where you put the I did see that. Yeah. Santa that's hat. pretty great. Yeah. I haven't been I haven't been using it as a drinking game, but I have spent too much time trying to capture those moments when they're wearing the Santa hat uh, and posting them on Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, it's like moderately amusing. (laughs) Yeah. In case you want to see what Laura Dern looks like in a Santa hat. Um, (laughs) All right. Well, let's talk about it. Stir. All right. Should we? Oh, we we should sing. Yes. It's Christmas time. We we definitely should sing. I just decided to let you have a solo because my roommate was walking in at this exact moment and I didn't feel like singing like a dog from All Dogs Go to Heaven. Um, I love it. I just wanted you to have a moment to shine, Sally. You're welcome, audience. Special Christmas treat. Yeah, a little auditory treat for you. (laughs) Shall we TikTok? Yes. Heavens to Betsy. I I felt like there was a lot going on in this episode. Did you? There was a good bit going on, yeah. Yeah. Do you want Um, to recap it? Sure, I'm on it. So, a few things going on. Hoynes and Sam are working on, they have just found out that part of a bill that Hoynes has really been pushing for is not going to happen. So, they're working on that. There's also a, a truck has crashed in yep. Idaho that has some uh, nuclear stuff going on, and that's not good. And so they're yep. trying to figure out how to handle that situation and making sure it's not terrorism, and there's a lot going on with that. And they're also at the same time having a meeting about whether or not Hoyne should be left on the ticket as the vice president. Bye, which Felicia. Is pretty intense, yeah. There also is some talk about, uh, or there's mention of a storyline of Hoynes and Leo's um, Alcoholics Anonymous meetings, which plays into the fact that the president doesn't know that Hoynes is an alcoholic, which, so it's a very Hoynes-centric episode in general, and Charlie is doing his taxes, and Donna is trying to get a a day named after her old English teacher, who is retiring. Yeah, that's a lot. I think that's it. It is a lot. I yeah. Think that's the most of what's going on. Yeah. Sweet. That was very good, Seems Sally. Better. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Felt kind of rapid fire there, but now you're all caught up. Yes. Well, where would you like to begin? Um, We could begin. I mean, there's a lot, just a lot to jump into with the all the Hoynes storylines. All I of the Hoyneses. We haven't, like, really dealt with him in a while, so... You don't hear me complaining. They're, they just brought it back in full force. <laughs> yeah, I, uh... 
Well, first of all, the the, the episode opens with Leo and the previously on the West Wing talks about Leo. So mm-hmm. I was excited. I'm like, because we've noticed recently that we haven't had a ton of Leo storylines right, at all. Right. Absolutely. So right. I was looking forward to that when it when the episode opened. But you're right. It, there's definitely a lot of, of Hoynes action going on. Mm-hmm. Which there was still more Leo. I did make a note of that. Like, there, you're right, when we saw the previously on, I was hoping for even more, but there was still more of him than we'd seen, which <laughs> wouldn't yeah. do much, because he's we're, been we're, really MIA. Yeah, we're grading on a curve here. Yeah. <laughs> so I was glad to see more of him in general. But there's a lot of Hoynes. How, how did you feel about all the Hoynes? All the Hoynes. Well, I would say this is the only time I've ever liked him in the slightest bit. Yeah. <laughs> like pretty much I, any other episode, he's just a total bad word that we probably yeah. can't say. And I, well, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I mean, I just, this is the only, I think they had to make him more likable in this episode because, you know, he kind of falls on this, on the sword. Um, you uh-huh. know, he takes his name off of the bill and, you know, he has this whole thing with the president, like, you know, I've really liked you more than you thought I did. Yeah. Sort of thing. He's all like, he's such a team player on this one when he almost never is and is generally pretty hostile. So. Right. That's what I have to say about that. Yeah. I thought, I I agree. I mean, I don't dislike him that much in other episodes. I don't, I'm not his biggest fan, but I'm almost indifferent to him as far as, you know, do we hate him? Do we love him? Whatever. But we're definitely set up to like him in this episode, especially in that last scene with the president mm-hmm. um, where, yeah, where he has that line about, I've always liked you a little more than you thought I did. The president tells him that and you're just kind of like, oh, okay. Like, and he even tells like Leo, him. he even tells Leo, let's go see our boss. When really yeah. in other episodes, yeah. he's always like you and that guy over there who keep making right. my life more difficult, <laughs> you know? Right. He, yeah. Hoynes is much more respectful of the president than we have seen him, which I, I mean, I agree with you in the sense that like, he's normally combative. He's normally is not as respectful. He's normally, I don't know. He just seems on edge with everything. In this episode, it's almost the exact opposite. He's like, yeah, okay, let's take the, my name off the bill. You're like, yeah, yeah, okay, of course of course, you would consider replacing me on the ticket. Like, yeah, okay, do what you got to do. I'm an alcoholic, blah, blah, blah. Like, it, uh, yeah, it, it, it was, was like almost a completely all, different all out of character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's very odd. But, you, I mean, it's definitely endearing. I mean, he, I liked him a lot in this episode. Yeah. I mean, I think this is his only good episode. Shining it's not the episode. Yeah, I mean, I think he's... I'm not saying, like, the actor is Oh, no. Bad, I think but, like, the character the is pretty sour, you know? Right. The actor is Tim Matheson? Matheson? I'm not sure how to pronounce yeah. it, but... Hard but to see. I think it's to his... This episode specifically, you can see how I buy into him being this nice guy, too. So I think the actor is, is great. He can play either side. Like, as soon as he's being nice in this episode, I'm like... Oh yeah, Hoynes. And like, you know, I would buy it either way. I think, I think he does a great job. Um, I think he can, he makes the character a little more multifaceted than he yes. normally would be. More so mm-hmm. yeah, you sort of feel like, I mean, he's not just a villain. He's not just a good guy. He's not anything. He has these ups and downs. Mm-hmm. The storyline about him being an alcoholic is interesting. Everybody kind of gives him a hard time because he hasn't had a drink since he's, tw- he was 22. Mm-hmm. I think that's an interesting take on it, that 
I mean, I think it lends him some credibility that at that young age, he knew enough to like step back and be like, I'm going to, this is how I'm going to handle this before it even sort of becomes a problem. He's like, I like beer a lot. This is a problem in my family. I'm an alcoholic done. I'm not, I'm not even messing with it. I think that lends that in itself lends credit to his character. Yeah. At first I kind of wondered why they didn't know that he had already been an alcoholic when they put him on the original ticket. Like, why is it becoming an issue now? But I guess it makes sense if he really hasn't had a drink in, you know, 15 something years that they wouldn't know it. And Mm -hmm. obviously we like when he, at the beginning of the episode, he, he stands up for Leo and says, nope, this is my meeting. And I say that Leo can stay. So like he's all the likability points he's ever had in the (laughs) character is from this episode. That's probably the most distinctive thing about it. Right. That I forgot about that moment in the beginning. That was very I mean, yeah, it's all it all feels like out of character, but I buy it. I I like I I'm on board with this nice guy Hoynes, you know. It's I did love that moment in the meeting where he says, Nope, he just he just shuts it down right away and it's like it's my meeting, Leo stays. Mm-hmm. So I re- yeah, I really liked that too. Yeah. Um I wonder how often I could just look this up, but the whole talking about nominating somebody else or, or attaching someone else to the ticket for vice president. Yeah. How often that is like a thing that is done. I don't know. I would imagine not very often. Yeah. It's a really interesting Mm -hmm. thought, you know, because I never really thought about, you know, they said that Hoynes, that they would have lost, they're predicting that they'll lose Texas either way, unless they get somebody right. else to um, bolster the, the the ticket. And then they even I, threw out the idea of Fitz Wallace, which was like a complete, like, shot out of left field, which was really right. interesting. They, they didn't even know if he was a Democrat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's interesting because I just... For for me, and and obviously this is just my gut reaction, but like if I had a candidate, if I was voting in something, and the the current sitting president ran for re-election and changed his vice president, it feels like a, a I don't know, just well, obviously it's such a huge diss, but it feels like him saying, um, he didn't really quite cut it. We found somebody better. It just like undercuts your authority. I feel like it would undercut your authority as president. Like, your hey, I choice. messed up. This guy wasn't yeah. the best for the job. Let's try yeah. it again. It just, it, I, I like the decision to stand by it and say, hey, I picked this guy for a reason. This yeah. is my guy. This is who I want. And Bartlett, obviously, at the end, wants him uh, because he writes it on the paper because I might die. Um, I mean, so, or because oh I could my die. Gosh. Yeah. When he, and when he says that, I think I about did as well because yeah I totally so, didn't remember that until so I like it would just feel weird to have a president be like unless there was really grounds to dismiss a vice president or to not have him run again on the ticket it just feels like oh I don't know it just feels like he would have done something really wrong like it oh I don't know it doesn't and I still really well don't me. know what the vice president <laughs> does just like practically compared to say a chief of staff you know what I mean? Is it more of a well, figurehead? Not a ton. Yeah, I mean, well, it's it's definitely the backup to the president, and he does things. He does a lot of more like not negotiating, but can like throw his weight around a little bit. Yeah, but, that's true. Um, or like makes you know, like 
in the sense that, like, when the president can't, the vice president can go talk to someone, which they do a few times mm-hmm. in the West Wing. They'll, they're like, let's send Hoynes. I think that he acts as that a lot um, mm-hmm. when when the president can't make it out to something. But, I mean, Hoynes has the line in here. Um, I can't remember who it was, but they asked – somebody asked him if he would be vice president. Somebody asked um, – Oh, man. Somebody asked a candidate for some party if he wanted to be vice president. He said, I propose not to be buried until I'm dead or something like that. I think that was Leo. I think they were bringing up Leo's the idea of being VP, and he said no, and then he said that line. Oh, maybe so. Okay. All right. I got totally confused. Yeah, he said, I do not propose to be buried until I'm dead. That's what the line was, but yeah. I thought I took better notes on it. But, yeah, so... I think that speaks to the vice presidency. And Hoynes has had that storyline before where he's been frustrated about essentially not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. It's a, it's an interesting idea of focusing on the VP. And the, obviously this is, you know, no spoilers, but this is the first time that Leo is mentioned as uh, the idea of Leo as a vice president, which, you know, might be an interesting thought at another yeah. time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's enough about Hoynes. I don't know. <laughs> the only other thing I liked about the Hoynes storyline is I really liked when Sam came back. They had sent Sam to have the meeting with Hoynes, and he came back to the other meeting where they're talking about replacing him. And Sam was very – he was, he was you know, defending off. Hoynes. Yeah, he was really not happy with, like – we're thinking about – he took it as a big shot of loyalty. Like, it's a big shot against their loyalty, and, like, it was not the right thing to do. And, you know, it's Sam, again, being idealistic and being Sam and just being like, this isn't – like, this is not what feels right. This is not good. We can't turn our backs on this guy. He – I didn't even have to suggest taking his name off. He volunteered, blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. I loved Sam in that moment, too. Plus, Sam got uh, insecure, you know, wondering if he had been sent away so he wouldn't be at that meeting, too. Yeah. So it's kind yeah. of a rough day in Sam's world. I mean, yeah, <laughs> he gets this guy to do this, you know, valiant sort of humble gesture. Yeah. Know, and then they're talking about replacing him. But he knew the whole time. So, yeah, that's pretty surprising to it me. Wasn't, yeah. There was the storyline with Toby. And yes, there was. Somebody else. What was weird about the storyline is that I felt like we were missing part of it. It was I enjoyed, pretty short. Yeah, it was a little short, and it essentially I'm we this had it guy. At all. I can't even. I can't even remember. That's what I. I can't even remember who he was. Which like the HUD people are going to be upset about. But yeah, he's HUD's. some secretary of something, and he essentially wants to eventually run for governor. I think, and so he was announcing new policy that like had been cleared, yeah. and Toby was really upset about it. I felt like. Toby's level of upsetness didn't match, like, how much information we were given on the storyline. You know what I mean? Like, Toby was mad. Yeah. But we didn't I mean, really we have it. There were no stakes. There were, yeah, there were no stakes for us, though. Like, we didn't feel anything. It was just yeah, weird. Yeah, I didn't. It was weird. I didn't see how it connected with, I, I feel like they just had to give Toby something, because if they didn't, it would feel like, hey, where's Toby's thing in this episode? You yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, well, they didn't give yeah. CJ anything. CJ wasn't really around much. That's true. There was, was very little CJ as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, because they had the storyline about, like, I like when Toby makes the move. He tells Ginger to to call the guy and have him come in, and he says he's busy, can't come in. And then he tells Ginger 
tell him we want to bring him to the White House to make the, he sort of plays the guy and uses his Mm -hmm. desire to be in front of the camera against him. And I liked Mm -hmm. that move. I liked that little manipulation. And I wish that it had like paid off in a different way. Um, Mm -hmm. But maybe we're just missing something. Somebody can tell us if we are. Also, isn't that the, uh, is that the pastor from Gilmore Girls? Um, yes. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I I think it is. I don't I don't know the actor's name offhand, but I'm Jim Jansen. He's been in a lot of stuff too, though. Yeah, he's one of those he's... guys that's in everything kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like Kevin Bacon. But yes, that is him. He's a Mad Men, Boston Legal. Yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff. I will say. Well, let's talk about Donna's thing. Yeah, Donna. <laughs> just trying to be a good student. Yeah. I love. I love her. It's a great storyline. I love a lot mm-hmm. of the, the banter with Josh. You know, he's lost yeah. his binder. You know, the black one right. with the secret launch codes in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's got some good lines, too. She's like, he. she starts talking about her teacher, and then Josh kind of jumps in. He's like, oh, yeah, I had this one teacher. And she says, unusual as it may seem, we're talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that one. I wrote that one down. He also, she also, she's like, I, uh, she, and Josh lists all these things for her to do, and she's like, okay, I'll do that. And he's like, mm, that seemed too easy. And she's like, he didn't say that. He just looked like it. And then she's like, I want a favor in exchange for that. And he's like, uh, something like a weekly salary. And that was pretty funny. Like, I think um, this I, is your job. <laughs> I would consider this one a notable quotable. He was basically saying like. You can't just have a proclamation just because you want to. You you can't just, like, put the president's name on everything. Because then Josh said, what's next? Executive clemency if you're having a bad hair day? <laughs> he was like, what if she's a bicycle thief? Yeah. You never know. You never know. Maybe she is. One of those hippie <laughs> teachers. That's That storyline, though, paid off in a really big way. And I'm not saying that I cried in the scene in the Oval Office. Okay but I'm not saying that I didn't cry. <laughs> Well, that leads me that leads me to my next point is that I feel like I mean, I know we pick it at the end, but I really feel like President Bartlett was the MVP of this whole episode because yeah. he was the most delightful. And it wasn't even a Bartlett centric <laughs> episode. Uh-uh. And it, and but he just had the most everything else was kind of flat for me. You know, it was a lot of like policy and politics and you know it's interesting (laughs) but I felt like in in terms of like the human element of the show I feel like his scenes with Charlie were great but even his scenes with Leo and Donna I mean across the board I think he won it well giving the DVD player to Charlie is like a plus plus it's one of my favorite the entire Charlie doing his taxes storyline is one of my favorite little like oh quirky things of the whole series, really. Like, I yeah. think about Butterball, the Butterball the Turkey, the parting of the turkeys, I think about Charlie doing his taxes. I've sent mm-hmm. just that clip to people who don't watch the show to be like, really? this is it. It's funny, and it's, yeah, it's, I just love it. I think it's, I think everything they say is hilarious. I don't know. But, like, also at the same time, they're sort of giving a little lesson on taxes, and I just enjoy everything about it. And then, and then he gives them the DVD player, and, oh, man. I don't know. I know. There's so many great lines. I wonder, we might drop an audio clip in because it, it's so good. I mean, I just love a lot of their banter back and forth. Hang on. The money I got back last year has to be paid for? Yeah. 
That's not a rebate, that's an advance. Well, technically, I not guess. Not technically. This is like getting a Christmas bonus and having it deducted from your January paycheck. This doesn't sound like very patriotic talk to me, Charlie. It's not. Why did you call it a rebate? So people would spend it. If they thought it was an advance, they might save it. It wasn't advance. Did you spend it? I paid my visa bill. We would have preferred if you ate in a restaurant or traveled. Me too. Well, in any event. Oh, what are you, the collector? Neil. He used the rebate to pay off his visa bill. It wasn't a rebate, it was an advance. A trip to Banana Republic would have killed you. Let's go. So much, I mean, I love, I genuinely the whole scene. Like he, there are just, it's just line after line. Like I hate to just read them out, but like, yeah. like it, even one of the first ones, Charlie, they're sitting down to do the taxes and Charlie's like, I was just thinking about the plurality of Americans who made the decision to pull a lever with your name next to it. And then Bartlett says, suckers. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. The best. So many little moments. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. That's great. That kind of what makes me wonder two things. First of all, like the naming of the episodes uh -huh. I'm always intrigued by, like, what he chooses to highlight, by what he names it. Like, right. obviously, Sturd is pulled from that conversation with Charlie where he's talking about James Bond and uh -huh. how President Bartlett, Bartlett is criticizing James Bond, saying that he's ordering a weak martini and being snooty about it. And that, yeah. that that's why he orders it shaken, not stirred. Yeah, because later he says, he makes reference, oh, and I can't remember what it was in reference to now, but I feel like we start recording and everything that I know goes out my, out of my brain immediately. <laughs> but later in the episode, he... It's about being They're weak. talking about something else, maybe a bill. Or, yeah, it's about being weak. And he says something like, oh, it's the James Bond version. And he's talking about it being weak. So I think saying stirred is just talking about a weakened version of things. But is it about being weak or or is it about being weak when appearing to be strong? You oh, know what I mean? Be because it's yeah, James it Bond. definitely be both. Right. Yeah, because yeah. he says he's he's ordering a, a weak martini and being snooty about it. So, yeah, it could definitely be both. So we're talking about Hoynes. He's stirred. Um, he's stirred, I, not shaken. Is he weak? Yeah. I don't know. No, no, no. Shaken, shaken is the weak thing. That's oh, why okay. We, so stirred yeah, James is Bond the orders it shaken, version. not stirred. Right, right, right. So stirred right, would be right. the stronger okay. one. Fair oh, enough. man, yeah, yeah. we really need a bartender to get through this I... episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, yeah, yeah. your your comment about, like, the, the fact that you would show somebody the scene with uh, Charlie and President Bartlett. I wonder uh -huh. if other people have, like, go-to scenes that they show people. For me, it depends on the person I'm trying to, like, woo. Like, if I think somebody's <laughs> going to be more drawn to the humorous side of it... I'll show them something like that. If I think somebody's drawn to the the emotional or the writing side of it, I'll show them President Bartlett's speech in 20 Hours in America. So, it just depends. I want to hear other, from other people, too. If you guys have, like, if you have a moment, scenes, yeah, yeah, I would love would to show. know. Or do you just send There's them so to the many. pilot? Because they need to have... They get, Whenever they have I to tell get to people... Yeah, whenever I tell people to start watching, I tell them they have to make it through the first three episodes before I'll, like, genuinely accept no for an answer. Like, if somebody yeah, comes I back and just watches two. the pilot. Well, three is when you get to meet Charlie. And Charlie oh. having his, like, Charlie's, the intro to Charlie and the intro, like, the way he comes in and has that moment. And he's like, is this, you know, does this ever get older? Is this how it always feels? He has that all moment. If they can make it to that point and not be hooked... Then it's like fine. Nothing's ever gonna win you over, and you have terrible taste. That's where uh, that's where I send people. Sorry, I just got an alert 
I just got an alert on Instagram that Josiah Bartlett is following me. <laughs> so, oh, great. Good times. Also, yeah. that leads me to my next point. Uh, well, not really my next point. It's just like things I find in my brain that I like to share with people. Is that uh-huh. when I went, uh, right before we started recording, I was in my car and uh, Martin Sheen was on a podcast. Uh, I think it's called On Being. It was on NPR. And it was so strange because I watched the episode. I went out to my car. I had to go run an errand. And I turned on NPR. And I, I just immediately, I, I just said, President Bartlett? Is that you? <laughs> and they hadn't even, like, introduced him. And they didn't introduce him for, like, ten minutes. So it could have been anybody. But I was like, no, mm-hmm. that's that's President Bartlett. And then at the end, they're yep. like, Martin Sheen, thank you so much. And I was like, nailed it. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty recognizable voice. Yeah, I mean, I've I've listened to him speak for hours, days. Yeah, you're smarter than that Butterball hotline operator. That's true. Thank you. Yeah. That, that's you're kind welcome. of the benchmark that I'm aiming for. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> for which perfect. I'm aiming. I'm really not President Bartlett about syntax. really does have a lot of great lines in this episode. I mean, obviously the interaction with Charlie when he's like, oh, hand it over. You don't even need a stamp. Like, everything he says to Charlie is great. I love the part where they're talking about the issue in Idaho, and he's talking about telling the people in Idaho, or telling the governor, how many radiation levels there are, and he says, like, Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what the radiation levels are, but first I want your electoral votes. Is that a bad strategy? And Leo's like, it's pretty bad. And he says, okay, no ransom, we'll play this one straight. And it's just so funny. Like, it's just, oh, I don't know. He's just great. And uh, at the end, when Donna's like, Josh, wrote you a memo on Molly Morello? He said, yeah, because all we had tonight was a nuclear explosion. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right, right. Which also, how sweet is Josh? Right? Yeah. Oh, man. That was, that was a pretty good moment for Josh. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. I did. Yes. I made a note, too, about talking about this this truck crash. I just wrote down, it's really, like, when you think about it, it's crazy, the amount of things and just like the spectrum of things that could go wrong on any given day in the Oval Office. Like, it's not just like, oh, this one, like, yeah, we have to worry about terrorist attacks. We have to worry about these specific things. But like, the problems can be so random and weird and the unexpected things that I don't know, man, reason. I mean, there's, there's so many different, I'm not. The there's so many different kinds of problems. Right? Yeah, there's so many different so things that can go wrong. <laughs> foreign, domestic, financial, yeah, just, environmental. Um, yeah. You know, just a perception, like a media thing. It can be a political right. thing. Like people aren't voting right, and I mean, it could it, be anything. I mean, it's it's the perfect place to perfect setting for a TV show because there's so many different possibilities yeah. of things to write about. Welcome so. to deep thoughts on winging it. Hey, anything can go wrong. Anything can and will go wrong. I also liked Bartlett joking with Leo because um, I think it was uh, like late Thursday night in the episode and, and Leo's still wearing a jacket. You know, it's after his AA meeting. <laughs> and he's like, Bartlett said, you know, like some people keep a pair of comfortable clothes in the office, you know, so when they're working late, they can wear that. And I just love Leo. He was like, you know, I am wearing comfortable clothes. Do you see me wearing a necktie? Yeah. <laughs> Which, that, uh, if- that's like the most defining Leo comment ever. Like yes. that is Leo as a character summed up. He's so classy. Aver- uh-huh. I saw this, uh, 
I saw this thing on Instagram, or I saw it on uh, Facebook this morning, and I put it on our Instagram, so if you're on there, you already saw it, but it was a, a picture of Frank Sinatra, and I swear, the like, the moment I saw it, I was like, that, Leo? Is that Leo? <laughs> um, you should look it up. It's pretty, he's just a classy dude, you know? Yeah. There were two other things that I made note of. One, I'm really glad that we, we talked a little bit about President Barlett giving Charlie the DVD player, but really I remember when I first watched this episode and Charlie's listing all of his tech stuff and he's naming all the donations he made. And I was, I remember sitting there thinking, that's crazy. Like he's donating so much money. How much money is he making? And then at the end of the episode, Bartlett, President Bartlett says something like, oh, you know, you're making $35,000. You have a sister to support and you still donated, you know, $1,200 or whatever it was to these different charities. And I'm like, I'm glad that he acknowledged that that is really great of Charlie and that it wasn't just like, oh, that's pretty normal. Like, I appreciate that they made a note about Charlie just being a stand up dude because that's maybe I'm just a terrible person, but that's a lot of donating for a young person. So yeah. go Charlie. And I know. the other thing is I've talked about this a million times, but Talk I love about it more when the president is unexpectedly talking to somebody, you know, I've mentioned that before, yes. like just when the president shows up. So the phone call at the end and the mm. president talking about, Oh, I'm a magic man today. Like I'm, I'm being a magic man. That's how, that's, that's all I would want to do if I were president, which is mm-hmm. another reason I'm not, I would just want to show up places and surprise people and give them things. That's probably what being Ellen DeGeneres feels like. Right? That's what I want to do. <laughs> it's kind of a better route. Surprise, your stuff. Yeah, you don't have to save the world also. Yeah. Is she a West Wing fan? Can we get her on here? Yeah, really. Can we find a way to get to Ellen? Yeah, we'll find out. Yeah, the whole the whole scene with Charlie just really made me feel like, I know that he's acting, I know that it's not him, but I really want to meet Dulé. <laughs> also, he uh, Dulé tap danced at this event last week in LA, and I, I think you guys all know this because I say it all the time. But I'm a tap dancer, and uh, when I saw that video on on his Instagram, I about lost my mind. So I just <laughs> I really want to interview him, and I want us to tap dance. That's is it's you know, can a girl dream? Never know. Yeah, sixteen guys. Sure. Who knows? Who knows? I guess Who that's knows? all. There are just so many lines. Like, all, my only other comments are just all the lines. Charlie says, the president's like, you say potato. And Charlie's like, I do say potato. And so does everybody else I know. I literally think that every time someone says, you say potato, I say potato. Like, I've never met anybody that says potato. Yeah, right? Anyway. Do they in, <laughs> do they in uh, England? Potato? I don't know. But that doesn't count. Sorry, no. English listeners. <laughs> so fun. I asked on Instagram where everybody's from, and it's been fun reading everybody's responses so far. I didn't know yeah, so many of you it. did it's not really live cool. in the States, but that's pretty baller. Yeah, that's crazy. I love that. That's crazy. It's, it's awesome that, I mean, it, it's just awesome that the show in general, not our show, but the West Wing has that big of a reach because, yeah. you know, it's American politics, so I wouldn't know if, whether or not. Of course, it'd be interesting. It's the best show. So, yeah, I don't know. it's, I love it. It's bringing They also make a together. reference to Aaron Burr, who is yes. the subject of Hamilton. So I was like, hey, oh. Aaron Burr. <laughs> Sorry, I'm He says not he quite shot familiar. a guy, and it's Alexander Hamilton who he shot. Oh, thinking, okay. Burr, sir. Yeah, so that's that. 
Did anybody, not to talk about politics, but did anybody who watched the Democratic debate last night think that they saw Bradley Whitford? Because I swear I did. I saw you tweet about it, but I am a bad person and did not watch. Saturday night. Oh, well, I just kind of wondered if he might confirm it. He has not yet confirmed it. He has not. But I feel like he would be there. He's pretty active in politics. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Someday we'll know. Um, okay, well my MVP is Bartlett, so Um What you got? I uh, I don't know. I uh, maybe I'm gonna go with Hoynes, really, because it's his only chance ever. So <laughs> That's true. I'm going with Hoynes. <laughs> Sally always goes with the person who's it's their only chance. I I'm I always go with the underdog. I'm like, I want the least likely, you know? So, yeah, points. That's that's fair. That's totally fair. Yeah. Cool. So, well, uh next up is our special episode. It's the Woo-hoo! special episode. I'm uh, really excited about show. it. Yeah, it'll be good. I think we've decided that we're going to do that next week because have a little holiday Chris- break. Christmas, holiday break, traveling. Yeah. You know, I don't mind being holed up in my room, being a, a, you know, a recluse, but when I'm with my family, I try not to do that, so. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. But we did have a few, because we had a few people who thought they were coming at the last minute, so it makes sense to extend it a little. Uh, so if you thought you missed it, you didn't. You, you have, have a few more days. <laughs> yes. So, we've gotten some great questions, though, already. I'm like trying to formulate my answers. Some of them I've been a little stumped by, so keep sending them in. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. I love it. Yeah, feel free to call in. Hey, I have the number here. We will never answer. It goes straight to voicemail, so don't be, like, freaked out. I know, because I never call places. I'm too socially anxious. It goes straight to voicemail, guys. No worries. You don't have to talk to any real human. We we won't. My phone doesn't even ring. It just, it goes to voicemail. Nope. Uh, it's just our <laughs> voice. It's 401-433-WING. W-I-N-G. Yeah. 401-433-WING. And things that you could tell us. Um, maybe you have an episode or a scene that you always send, like, potential West Wing watchers to. Maybe yeah. where you're listening from. Questions you have for Sally and I. Or maybe something we got that? wrong. If we said something and you totally disagree, tell us. Sally. We're not... The only opinion. <laughs> Sally, let's not encourage them to tell us how wrong we are. It's, it I like, want to know my morning when I get wrong. those emails. <laughs> I think, well, the emails are few and far between on that, but I think <laughs> I like to hear, not even when we got stuff wrong, but when someone's like, no, I love Amy Gardner, or no, I love oh, yeah, this, I love whatever. Like, yeah, write in, tell us, you're not the only opinion on the West Wing, so please... Tell us what you think. This and if you're your, if we got an MVP wrong, anything. Yeah. Or if there's yeah. like a feature or something else you would like us to discuss on a weekly basis. Or yeah. whatever. Just literally anything. We're here. How your day is. We're fine. Um, <laughs> okay, cool. Well, uh, that's it for this week. And we hope you yeah. guys have a great holiday. Whatever yeah. you're doing. Whatever you are celebrating and if you're listening to this when it's not the holidays then we hope that the next holiday that you have is an excellent one yes all right thanks guys see you later bye